Welcome everyone to this episode of the Palmetto Guardian. I'm Sergeant Chelsea Weaver, and today we have a studio full of guests. I'm going to let everybody introduce themselves, so let's start over here. Good morning. I'm Jennifer Wolf, and I'm representing, I'm a behavioral health specialist with the Army National Guard, representing the program today. On the private side, I'm a social worker and a certified trauma treatment specialist, 34 years out there in the mental health field. Awesome. Good morning. My name is uh, Daryl Hammond. I'm a healthy wellness coach for the South Carolina National Guard. And I am Kristen Riglietti. I am the suicide prevention coordinator for service member family care and the National Guard. Awesome. Well, I'm really glad that everybody was able to be here today. I know it's hard with four different schedules trying to get everybody together, but um, we definitely do have a really good topic to talk about. So let's just dive in. We're talking about Mental Health Awareness Month. Absolutely. Uh I've always said that everything ties directly into mental health, and this is to bring awareness um, that mental health isn't just a mental issue. It's a physical, it's a spiritual, it's a holistic approach, and that's where together the different disciplines that we're going to talk about what we each have to offer in that that area. So extremely important Mm -hmm. that if we don't, take care of our mental health and nothing else will work basically so important stuff yes um I, I want to go over to um Kristen because you're a new face obviously so can you kind of go into what you do um with the um service member family care programs and all that kind of stuff Yes, definitely. So I am the suicide prevention coordinator. So there's a couple different moving pieces with my job, but I work under the risk reduction team. So I work with substance abuse prevention as well. And we all work together to make sure um, that our service members are taken care of. So specifically with suicide prevention, I go out and I do uh, the annual training for each unit in the state. I also make sure um, that each unit has suicide intervention officers. So those are people in the unit who are specifically trained in suicide intervention um, if there ever was a crisis situation. And then I also get to do stuff in the community and great stuff like this um, to be able to talk about suicide prevention in a holistic way, like Jennifer was saying. So things like substance abuse prevention helps against suicide and things like health and wellness coaching helps against suicide so I love that we all get to work together to in different areas and different disciplines even though they're different we work together to help take care of soldiers awesome I'm glad you brought that up because I'm kind of curious how does it work with the three different offices and being able to work together with this issue as behavioral health specialists, where we all have different regions across the state, uh, and there's a representative for each area. We're all licensed mental health practitioners. Um, how it works together is I feel like we can't adequately do our job without what Kristen provides in her shop or what Daryl provides in his shop. So uh, in each region... We have that one-stop team, which has uh, various representatives, health and wellness. There's the family programs. There's employment services. Most people, when they're suffering uh, from stress or mental health issues, 
it's not just one sole issue that they're struggling in. So that's where we work together. Say you're depressed because you're not being able to pass your PT test or you've got uh, you've gone through trauma or um, stress and you're so I would call we just all and you're using <laughs> um, basically to numb the pain so we all work collaboratively together and we all need each other so <laughs> the magic about the service family care program is that uh, before I retired I was assigned here for several years and uh, one of the stories I like to tell about how this the system works is that a young couple came in. He had come back from a deployment. He had to get new ID cards. And while he was here to get his ID card, walking down the hall, he saw the employment office. And so they both needed jobs. So he walks in, he gets his ID card, then he comes back out. They have a conversation with the employment advisors. And within a week, they both had jobs outside of the, their ID cards. And so that's, I think that's the real magic about how the Service Man Family Care platform worked together to help all of us. As we're having a workout session with someone who may say, I can't get here on Tuesday because I'm working my second job, or uh, I've got I can't I can't get here because I don't have any childcare. A lot of things come into that, so we have the ability to reach out to someone who supports that. We can connect them with the employment service. Maybe they got to find a, a better job for them where they only have to have one job, or maybe they're they're struggling because they just came back from deployment. They're going through the process of of trying to um, you know recapture their roles before they left and it's changed as they when they left so we may have to connect them with someone like jennifer to have a conversation as a family and this that's where all the magic of this whole process starts it's a free resource available to them across the state seven different places to go and as long as we as human beings pay attention to who we're having a conversation with we can connect them with resources that are available out there um so what are um things that people can do to prevent mental health like how can they recognize that before it gets to that stage of substance abuse or anything that could be a significant turnout? What is something that they could do to prevent that? Very good question. I always, when I'm asked that question, I always think of Maslow uh, hierarchy of needs that if we're too much of something or we're too little, like in other words, we're not going to be able to function well if we're not sleeping, if we're not eating, if we're out of balance, if you're too much of something or too little. So an awareness first to start at the bottom and then build up. It, how is your mind connected to your body? And if you're not sleeping, just sleep deprivation in itself, then you're not going to be able to function well. So to prevent... And, of course, if there's mental illness or high-risk factors, then everything gets exacerbated. But to, to protect mental health, I, I cannot stress this enough, um, that self-care piece and that awareness. And the body in itself is the greatest teacher. It's also the first thing that we tend to ignore. Um, I'm too tired. I'm too frustrated. I'm too – and then it – goes into a crisis so it's being preventative and proactive until before it escalates just with the self-care piece mm -hmm. it's amazing how many there are a lot of people that just say hey I slept last night and sleep is medicine and I feel better so, and then of course the movement and the exercise piece that's also what I like about our offices and how we work together is we we can provide resources for self-care. So like, especially Daryl's office, making sure that everybody's moving their body in a way that is helpful to them. 
or speaking with behavioral health. Maybe it is talking about trauma you've had, or maybe it's just talking about some stress management techniques or how to better connect with your kids, how to be a better parent, how to be a better partner. And when I think what we often don't realize is those little things that stress us out on a daily basis accumulate over time and they do take a toll on our body. So when we focus on those little things and take care of ourselves in ways that we kind of just sometimes do automatically, we don't even think of them as self-care, um, I think focusing on that also really helps um, with keeping our, our mental state in a good place. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to add, and thank you, Kristen, that these are free services, and it's all confidential. Mm-hmm. These are services we all bring our area of um, specialty to the table. You go out there, <laughs> you pay a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are free services that you can access we all bring a wealth of knowledge and years of experience to the table. So there's also, and I wanted to say this, there's the fear-based thinking that if you seek one of these disciplines, it's going to adversely affect your mental health, uh, excuse me, your military career and that stigma, and that if we can work through that, that we're all human, we all bleed, it, it, it's not, you're not broken by seeking assistance. We all need each other. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you brought that up because we've definitely talked a lot about stigma with everything that's military-based because we're in the, a new world. We're in a new generation. Things are not like they used to be. And, um, but with that, over time, have you noticed within any all of your departments um, that – there's finally been a breakthrough with that stigma, or do you feel like it's still lingering around? I'll speak briefly to that. It's still lingering. Um, There's the perception that if I seek mental health or behavioral health, Mm -hmm. um, my unit calls me the behavioral health lady. (laughs) You know, Miss Jenner. I I just just call me Jennifer. It's all good. Um, That somehow it's going to be reported and that and I'm going to be perceived as weak or targeted mm-hmm. we're still the more we talk about it the less it will be the unknown so it's so important to do that um I'm hoping we can it's getting less and less especially when we look out sadly in the world as to what's all around us mm-hmm. and if we don't look at mental health and pay attention to that. Um, if that doesn't get our attention, I don't know what will. Definitely. I think one of the most important things I talk about as it relates to suicide prevention when I go out to the units is stigma because you can't talk about suicide prevention without talking about stigma because it is so ingrained in society as a whole. But even when it comes to the military, you know, you have to be a warrior, you have to be strong, and of course you do, you're in the military, but I see seeking behavioral health or seeking health and wellness as being strong, not being weak. That's, you're you're taking care of yourself, you're doing what you need to do to better yourself, to be a better soldier, to be a better person, and um, I will say that there definitely are some units, as I'm working and going out across the state that 
they're talking about this stuff all the time. These It isn't just a once-a-year annual conversation that they're having to check the block. There really are units who make this a priority, and they understand that when you put people first and you take care of the person that's actually inside the uniform, that's when you have a better output. You have strong soldiers. You have people who are motivated to go out and be the best at whatever their job may be because they're, they know they're taken care of and they know that they're not, they're not going to fall into those stigmas. They're not going to be viewed as weak. They, they're going to be celebrated and they're going to be supported. Um, there's definitely those ideas and those negative stigmas that still linger around kind of in like, you know, dark corners. But, um, I would say in my short experience that I've had here, um, for the most part, most of the units and the people that I talk to really are not falling into those old traps and those negative ideas when it comes to um, help seeking and, and mental health. Yeah, leadership in each at each place we go to is, is different, like Kristen commented on. But, uh, you know, part of the process it, from the squad leader level on up is that, you know, how, the, how does a squad leader relate to those people in his squad and how does the platoon sergeant relate to those and the squad leaders and, you know, platoon leaders and, and platoon sergeants and how they tie it back into the XO and the first sergeant. You know, that it's, it doesn't take a lot of extra effort to have a conversation with someone inside your organization by just saying, how you doing today, uh, checking on to where they are, are they still employed at the same place, are things still going okay at home, and what's the status on your son who broke his arm two weeks ago, is he doing okay? And those short conversations make a connection with from person to person, and that's when – the ability to have a, a comfortable conversation with them about what their struggles are allows them to connect with one of us, where the, whatever service it is, and that's um, that's critical to overall se- of success of the organization. I'm glad that both of y'all brought that up because many times with these conversations, we talk about how units are so focused on just checking the blocks because you have two days to get all this stuff done once a month, and so I'm I'm glad, Kristen, that you brought up that you're seeing that evolution of the units finally putting in more work and effort into these issues because I mean with the last couple years and all these deployments we've been going on and stuff Mm -hmm. like that there's a lot of going on and people don't know what like I don't know if you're going through something I don't know if Daryl's going through something and I also like Daryl how you brought up the conversations because that is a huge thing I mean, the tag and the DAG, they always will stop. Sergeant Major Kaiser, they'll stop you and ask, hey, how are you doing? They're very personable. And they, everybody thinks that you're just this one person in this big sea of fish, but in reality, they do care. And those little conversations are what set them apart from other leaders because it's that connection. It's maybe that person was having a bad day and that made them have a a better day because they just stopped to take two minutes out of their time to ask them a simple question and those things stick with soldiers and also to Daryl what you were saying about having those conversations you get better results when you have that connection with your soldiers because they feel like they matter Mm -hmm. and they feel like they can come to you whenever there's a situation and they don't feel like they need to hide or be somebody they're not and you get more you get better quality work out of them because they want to be there they want to succeed they want to complete the mission and those small things are huge and so that's why I think it's a really good thing that we talk about this on a not on a yearly basis but we talk about this all the time because 
we do need to break that stigma and it may never go away, but at least the more we talk about it, the more we can get the resources out there and they can put a face to a name. It's very beneficial because like you said, Kristen, I loved it that a soldier is stronger if they're asking for help that they need versus holding that in and them it building up to the point where they just explode and they don't know what to do with themselves. Asking for that help makes you stronger because you're realizing that there is a problem and you're willing to fix it. So I just, I just love all of it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and it's also uh, for family members. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just for a soldier. And a lot of times because of the stigma, and I just wanted to mention this, they're not going to walk in an armory. Okay. There's mm-hmm. that's, that's, Okay, who do I have to walk in front of? We will, as behavioral health, we will meet them wherever they are when they're there. And not only them, but their partners, their children, their... And it can be everything from, hey, I'm, I'm using to I don't want to live to my kid's getting on my nerves and mm-hmm. I need to talk about that. Or I'm getting on my nerves and I need to talk about me. And, and just to have a safe place to do that is critical. That's also what I stress to the units a lot when um, I do plug behavioral health and I'm like the biggest behavioral health cheerleader. Yes. (laughs) Um, I always make sure to mention it is for families also and it can be whatever you want it to be. It doesn't have to be the traditional therapy. You're sitting on the couch, looking up at the ceiling, and let's talk about your childhood. It's whatever you need it to be. Um, I think sometimes there's a misconception that there's this one way that, you know, therapy happens, but it's really based on what that individual needs. So like Jennifer said, maybe it is just, I need somebody to talk to. I need somebody to listen. My, my kids are getting on my nerves or my boss is really on my back right now or whatever, whatever it may be, grief or like you said, substance use or suicide when, you know, obviously those high risk things, but also just day-to-day stress. I think we often forget that we're all, we're all people. We all struggle Mm -hmm. at some point and it's, it's a free service that's available to, to everyone in the guard. Um, now, before we go into um, the more in-depth in the resources for each of your sections and, like, contact information and other things you offer, is there anything else that maybe we haven't talked about yet that any of you would like to bring up? I will say, um, talking about mental health awareness, part of that, um, like we briefly touched on, is substance use and substance misuse. That can be uh, a path that some people choose if they are dealing with mental health struggles or um, sometimes that just happens. Um, Something I wanted to highlight is with our uh, substance abuse prevention program in the Guard, Um, You can, if you do have a problem with alcohol or drugs, um, if you have no knowledge of a pending urinalysis coming up, you can self-refer yourself to our team and we will get you into treatment, local, wherever you may be, and that does not reflect badly on you. Um, It is your sort of one get out of jail free card if you genuinely have a problem and you want to address that and start bettering yourself. Um, I think that's something 
uh, soldiers often don't know about or don't realize, but you can self-refer yourself, and that does not reflect uh, badly on your record. Uh, as when you do self-refer, it doesn't come with any negative uh, consequences from your commander or your command team. We're there to help also guide through that process, find a provider that works um, with your insurance, with your schedule, um, and make it so that people can get the treatment uh, that they need. Now, have you had um, people who self-refer and they've been successful with oh, yes. getting the help they need? Okay. Yes, more often than not, I would say. I would say very, very few um, people. Um, and it depends what you mean by unsuccessful because some people go to treatment and ultimately end up deciding to separate from the guard, but I don't see that as um, unsuccessful if somebody got treatment and was able to, you know, get some sort of addiction or um, alcohol use disorder under control. And part of, it's also really tough, and all of us do this, to help navigate the mental health system. That's really hard Mm -hmm. uh, to get what you need when you need it and to get it quickly. So part of what we do is advocate. Like, you don't have to have a behavioral health issue to call us. Um, Sometimes it's, hey, you know, I'm getting the runaround at the VA or I'm calling this mental health clinic and look, I'm on a waiting list six months. We can mainstream, we can navigate, we advocate every day to say, need it now. Mm -hmm. And that's so important that people get what they need when they need it. And also, too, with that, it's not just the person. It could be a friend, a family member. They can always reach out to you guys and say, hey, I have somebody that's in this situation. I don't know what to do with it. And you guys kind of help advise with that as well? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Is there, an, is there anything else that we haven't discussed that you maybe want to talk about? I think as, as far as you know, finding ways to, to connect with people, you know, our, our – our focus as a health and wellness team is to work on those soldiers that have failed the APFT or the ACFT. They're, they're flagged for whatever reason. But that we also offer resources to those who are just, we call them performance athletes. They're just here to a different workout, a different process, a different program, just something unique. So they want to get them off whatever it is. We offer offer, offer <laughs> opportunity for them to train with them as well, uh, family members and retirees and veterans and the whole process. But and inside of that, we go back to the, the unit organization. So if you have someone who is struggling and you've got several who aren't, we encourage them to make a connection to bring those that are struggling into the fight, bring them with them to work out, encourage them to be a part of the process. And that's that's the same for mental health and the same for suicide prevention, the same for employment. All those things, uh, the beauty of this whole thing is that uh, we have ways of not only us being a resource, but them being a resource, the organization, the unit, the squad leaders, the platoon leader, whoever they are, being resourced to encourage people to be a part of a platform that's working for them. Now, for those who are looking for these resources, where can they find everybody? Well, I wanted to mention first that the behavioral health <coughs> program does have a 24-7 line that's manned. We have a primary on-call person that's one of us and then a secondary, and that's 1-800-681-2558, um, one eight hundred six eight one. That's such an important number because mm-hmm. you can call that number anytime. There's going to be a five minute usual response time, and that can be anything from 
I'm in crisis to, hey, I just have a question. But that is available for service members, family members all the time. Uh, Again, find out the numbers. It's listed on the skip page of of your respected behavioral health specialist. I cover the Rock Hill area. Um, I'm 394-2076, area code 803. You can call me directly. Call the behavioral health line. First, you will be connected with the behavioral health specialist for your area, for your region. Uh, and, and, and it's very quick um, to access us that way, and you can do it 24-7. The other, the other part of what we do is we're out there. You know, we're on drill weekends. We, we want to take away the whole... Well, here comes the count. You know, the counselor, the mental health person walked in. We want to be. They know who we are, but that we're out there. We're just, we're just among. And the only way you do that is by getting out there. Mm-hmm. So that's what we got to do, and that's what we do do. Yeah, but I think the most important thing about this whole process for what we have available is that you know all of us cover six or eight counties so as someone who wants to use our services we ask them to please call first to make sure we're going to be there because they have them to travel even if it's only 20 or 30 minutes it may take time off from work to get there but please call first to make sure whoever you're going to go see if it's employment if it's behavioral health if it's something about suicide prevention if it's the health and wellness coach or the veteran advisor whoever it is please call first to make sure we're going to be there we're happy to help we can set up an appointment to meet you there but we traveled a lot so just reach out first before you travel so the Suicide Prevention Office is located uh, with Substance Abuse Prevention, Risk Reduction, and the SHARP Office. We're all in one office together at the Bluff Road Armory, um, where our office is off the drill hall, hall floor. Um, and my phone number specifically is 803-299-4702. Awesome. Again, I really appreciate all of you coming, and I'm sure that we'll see your faces again at some point because there's obviously a lot more topics that we can talk about but again thank you for taking the time out of your day to be here right well I just wanted to thank you too as well for taking the time to let us talk about this it's important absolutely that's what I'm here for (laughs) (laughs) all right well if you like this video make sure you give it a big thumbs up if you haven't subscribed to our channel make sure you hit the subscribe button and we will catch you guys in the next episode